In his book, Latinos, a Biography of the People, Earl Cherries writes, all Latinos are metaphysicians, <clears throat> no other historical, cultural, economic, or racial difference so clearly separates them from the worldly Anglos of North America. No business like British philosophies, no pragmatic Yankee views, no grumpy German upstart notions divert the Latino mind from the contemplation of unseen yet obvious forces. One of those unseen yet obvious forces that through frequent contemplation become so familiar to us Latinos is the notion that sooner or later we will die. Death, although very sad because of the separations that it causes, is not something to hide nor to fear. On the contrary, death for us is part of the cycle of nature which all creatures had to go through. The autumn falling leaves are in an immediate reminder of this truth. Death in Latino culture has also the distinctive element of humor. Your order of worship today contains one of the hundreds of depictions of La Catrina, a lady skeleton wearing a fancy hat adorned with plumes and flowers. Katrina and also Catrino illustrate that regardless of wealth, class, and success attained, we all die. This humor can be seen also in the sugar skulls positioned here and there in our ofrenda. You can look at them yet later. These skulls were decorated by First Parish adults and children last year. Seen as familiar, as a natural consequence of living, and even with humor, death becomes a friendly presence, a mysterious agent of liberation and of hope. By celebrating the Day of the Dead, we are acknowledging that all these beloved people whose pictures adorn our ofrenda and so many others whose name remains unspoken have crossed the threshold of one of the greatest mysteries surrounding our existence. Where are they now? Will we ever be able to see them again? For some of us, asking these questions is an exercise in futility since they are plainly unanswerable. Others say such questions and similar ones are of no value since this life is the only thing that should concern us. Yet what sustains untold numbers of people, what makes separations from their loved ones more bearable is fate in their happy reunions in the afterlife. Others say that 
they can, through appropriate channels, communicate with those gone before us. Does anyone here watch Long Island Medium? I don't, but I know about the show. Regardless of our metaphysical beliefs, regardless of whether or not we contemplate unseen yet obvious forces, the truth is that every breath we exhale, every second the hand of the clock advances, brings us closer to our, our expiration date. Better thus, the questions now are, are we ready to face our own death? Better yet, are we ready to ace it? Are we living so well that we will be able to perform extremely well as we surrender our last breath? For me, acing my own death means dying free from attachments, dying in complete peace and even joy, knowing that I don't have any debts, that all my affairs are in order. That's a big expiration I have. That my children and spouse know what to do with the things I leave behind. That when they open closets, drawers, and boxes, they find their nice, clean, possibly folded, useful, <laughs> and why not, some beautiful things. I will ace my dead if I had prepared the order of celebration for my memorial service, and if I had clear guidelines regarding what to do with my remains. The other day, when I was telling my son about his homily, he asked precisely for those guidelines. He said, Mommy, it will really, really facilitate our lives if you let us know exactly what you want. And so I am planning to do that. By the way, it took me some years to decide, but for some time now, I have indicated on my driver's license that I am an organ donor. These decisions are not easy to make, but what sense of satisfaction we feel when acting responsibly and compassionately toward those we leave behind when we take control of our own affairs while we can. For those who like to control things, this is the best opportunity to even after death knowing what is going to happen exactly. <laughs> and you, how did you know whether you would have ace your death or not? What are your yardsticks for success? What last disposition you would like to make? What regrets would you like to eliminate from your mind and heart before you die? What important and finished business would you leave? Could somebody finish them or will all go to waste? What a pity. How effectively and lovingly do you wish to participate in the final adventure of your life, your own death? I imagine some of you are thinking, enough of these scary, silly questions. This is all hypothetical. Who knows what the circumstances of my death will be, so who cares? I say, 
we all should care to ask and to respond to these and other vital questions, lest our lives end up in Rilke's repository of unlived things. The following excerpt from one of his poems in the book of Pilgrimage, in which that phrase is contained, shook me to the core. He says, no one lives his life. Disguised since childhood, haphazardly assembled from voices and fears and little pleasures, we come of age as masks. Our true face never speaks. Somewhere there must be the storehouses where all these lives are laid away like suits of armor or old carriages or clothes hanging limply on the walls. Maybe all paths lead there to the repository of unlived things. Many years ago, during a retreat called Your Passionate Path, I became aware of another poem, this time by Donna Markova, which since then I had made my affirmation and covenant with life. It says, and probably many of you know it by heart too, I will not die an unlived life. I will not live in fear of falling or catching fire. I choose to inhabit my days, to allow my living to open me, to make me less afraid, more accessible, to loosen my heart until it becomes a wing, a torch, a promise. I choose to risk my significance, to live so that which came to me as seed goes on to the next as blossom and that which came to me as blossom goes on as fruit. To complement that powerful affirmation and to reinforce my commitment to avoiding having my life thrown in the repository of unlived things, I decided to wear this button which says, now is the time. Every time I touch or look at this button, I remind myself that the only time I have to live my life to the fullest is now, this very instant. It is starting to be a great antidote to procrastination and indecisiveness. I recommend it. Look for your button that means something to you. May you all be able to make dead your alive for a full living. May you ask and resolve the big questions in your heart. May you all be able to see death as familiar, as a natural consequence of living, and even with humor, so that it becomes for you a friendly presence, a mysterious agent of liberation and of hope. Let it be so. Amen, Ashe, and blessed be.